Thank you everyone who has listened to my first and second episode of my podcast dedicated to my son, the broken system story of Exo Alex. This episode was hard, harder than usual for me to record. So thank you everyone who has listened to me and continues to listen to me and for all the parents and everyone out there that are struggling with this grief that can be debilitating I don't wish this upon anyone I wanted to start the episode out with a song that I found a few months after my son passed away He only showed me three songs before he passed away, and now there's about to be 20. It hurts. I wish I would have known everything that I know now. I wish I would have known then. But I can't go back. I'll never be able to go back. So thank you, everyone, and God bless. Here is episode three. I do as I do as I do. Yeah, do as you told. I place the brick of the X and sag at the O. Knocking down on me, I brought you because I value my bro. I was doing your shits, yeah. Was doing your told. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. I know. I knew, I knew, I knew, yeah, bitch, I know. My bro, my bro, my bro, finna rip out your soul We talking your straps and we taking the money and we taking your clothes That's what you get for one in a boat LV on LV on LV, that's all I need The bitch, yeah, part of the drip is on flea Why lose you with the money on me? Talk, talk, so much about me Man, you be doing the most I swear to God, you girls are whole, that's why she be liking my post Tupac. I'm still wondering what this song meant. And if you know everything and you know me 
and what's gone on, then you would kind of start to understand the song. In grief, like I talked about in the last episode, you don't know who to trust. You don't know who's with you, who's for you, or who's standing against you. I had the honor of going to the Lost Voices of Fentanyl rally march in Washington, D.C. this weekend on September 23rd. It was really hard to see that I'm not alone. I felt very alone in New Mexico until about five months ago when I started getting out more and advocating and meeting different people and parents that have been struggling the same grief that I'm going through in losing a child to fentanyl poisoning. It doesn't only affect addicts in our community, it affects everyone. I saw posters out there with babies as young as one years old and under one years old dying from fentanyl poisoning. What really, really shook me was seeing my son on the faces of fentanyl wall at DEA headquarters. And not only to see him, but to see how many lives have been poisoned and have been taken away. They weren't asked to be poisoned. I met so many mothers and when I was in headquarters that day and I turned the corner and I saw his picture for the first time, it was like seeing him in the coffin at his funeral. It was really hard. And to those mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers, cousins, twins, I've met so many people. And I felt like I had a family in some weird way this weekend. They felt like family to me. They understood me. They were kind, they were patient, they didn't look at me like I was this insane grieving mother and when is she going to shut up or just, you know, hush me away. I was able to be myself, my new self, because everybody, maybe not everybody, but I think everybody's still waiting for the Sarah. The Sarah I was. 
the mother, the giver, the lover, the person that would take her shirt off of her back for you. And I taught my son the same. And it's just unfortunate that he trusted the wrong girl that day, the wrong friends. I still don't understand why didn't he go to the mall. It was supposedly his best friend's birthday and they were supposed to meet at the mall. I started getting and blaming myself this weekend again and coming into New Mexico you just feel all the grief all the sadness all the pain everywhere I turn everywhere I look I see horrible memories I feel things. My body feels a lot. I am an empath person. I can feel people's energies. And it's hard. Some days, in certain environments, you feel that they're just waiting for you to die. When is she going to give up? You know, and I'm not going to give up for some reason. My son was taken this way. And to see all the other strong parents and siblings and everyone still standing. There were people I met that their loved ones passed away four or five years ago that I've met on this journey and they're still fighting. I mean, it's black and white. If you give somebody something and they don't know that it has fentanyl in it and you just leave them laying there and you don't help them, I'm still waiting for my son's belongings to come back to me. Today, September 27th, has been one year and seven months since my son got out of the car and I dropped him off at the mall. That was the last time I heard him say, I love you, Mom. And Mom, don't worry, I'll be okay. He was always assuring me that he would be okay. I still don't understand a lot. You know, why haven't I got his jean jacket back from the girl and the mother that killed him that night? You know, his favorite jean jacket, his favorite shoes, his backpack, 
he had another phone with him that they kept. I was told if I want his items back that I have to file a civil lawsuit in court. And honestly, I attempted to do that. I went down to the court, I paid the filing fee, and it is so hard when you are grieving and working and trying to do everything you can to continue to keep going and you have to fight at the same time for things that you thought the police would do or OMI you know to people they may be material items but if you knew my son He loved his jean jackets. And I should have my son's belongings. He was more than just a dead bird on the side of the street. He was my son. I birthed him. I felt love that no one else can provide. Your child's love, there's nothing that will take the pain of losing them away. And I know people think that they can take my pain away. And I don't expect them to. And I know that they can't take it away. Nobody can take it away. It was really hard not being able to say goodbye to my son. I worried, you know, for two weeks until the funeral. I worried about him being at OMI and how cold he was. I wasn't even allowed to go to OMI and see my baby. They were supposed to do a full autopsy on him. I was in such a state of shock and grief that, you know, a year and seven months later, oh, it wasn't a full autopsy, it was just a scan. They just do things so quick, like next, next. And over here at first, you know, they called it overdose. Oh, just another overdose. Oh, just another overdose. I don't know. Why did they take a picture of him before he died? Why did they tamper with the scene? Why did the police destroy some of the drugs that were found in the mom's bedroom? Why did they watch him suffer why did they lie I have all these questions and I thought shopping for his outfit for his funeral was one of the hardest things that I did But living without him, 
every day and having that last picture in my head, the picture that she took of him. He looks so scared. I'll never forget that look. That's the look he used to give when he was a little boy and if you woke him up during the night, he would wake up so terrified. So if there was time that night to take a picture of him with her foot over his shoulder and he looked terrified, I will never forget that picture. That was the last picture that was taken of him after he was poisoned to death. I don't understand why she kept his phone and wiped off information off of it and was trying to set it up as a new iPhone. They were changing the iCloud on it. To me, that's tampering. I demanded that the detective go and get the phone the next day because they didn't get any of his belongings. It was all in my hands. And I asked what happened. And they both had this weird story that, oh, maybe he got up and maybe he smoked something. Because the last thing that we did is we were smoking wax and then we fell asleep and he was blue and stiff. The 911 call, they just didn't understand what happened. They said that there were adults and people in the background yelling. Like, what happened? Why didn't they help him? Why did they ignore my calls and my text messages that were coming through? To me, and from my experience, that looks like they tampered with the scene. How come the drugs were destroyed in the mom's bathroom? How come they weren't taken in for questioning? How come it wasn't taped off as a homicide? These are questions that other professionals that have looked at the same case as my son have wondered. But the truth always prevails. I was so weak and I was so lost in my grief. And for his funeral... I would later find out that all the kids that showed up and pretended to care about my son were the ones that were bullying him at school. I had somebody shake my hand and say, oh, I'm working on a song for your son right now and I'm going to send it to you. And I said, oh, who are you? And he gave me this name and I didn't recognize it and I get the song a few months later and it's a song singing about my son killing himself and taking a whole bottle of pills 
later on I would find out that I was being watched by the girl that killed him through this kid. I put the song on Apple Music. Like, what was I thinking? You know, I thought I had people sending me songs because they really cared about my son. And then I heard the part about him taking a bottle of pills. And then I started getting all these videos and weird things with eyes and that I was being watched. I can only imagine how Alex felt because during that time everybody isolated me. I was told to get off of social media. My health went down. I was so isolated. Nobody wanted me to talk. They all wanted to control me like a puppet. Because when you're grieving, people will take advantage of your mind, your heart, and your finances. When you're at your weakest. And being around others who understand what grief feels like and what it feels like to lose your child or any family member through fentanyl poisoning or murder. This is drug-induced homicide. It's not okay. And I will continue to advocate for a state level and making it murder. If you know that you're giving somebody something laced with fentanyl and it can immediately stop their heart and you know that they were in the hospital and the doctor said well if he ever has something laced with fentanyl again it'll kill him to me it looks like he was set up and I know that there will be justice and you know, Alex had so many friends. He thought he had all these friends. And I told him, you need to be careful, son. You wear your heart on your sleeve like me. Friends, you need to be careful because I learned in my grief. Friends aren't friends. You maybe have one friend through life that will be a real friend. Usually they're watching you or they just want what you have. So please be careful to all the kids out there and to parents. Educate your children. Let them know, you know, he was so excited to go eat pizza and hang out with his ex-girlfriend. And he was supposed to go to the mall with his friend that was supposedly his best friend. And... I just feel like after he died, everybody was about them and me, 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 and what they wanted to do. Well, now, this is my time. This is my time to heal. This is my time to talk. And this is Alex's time to keep his memory and his story alive. So thank you, everyone. And thank you to everyone who listens to me and has been here for me. 
and continues to check on me and to all the amazing parents and everyone that I met in DC. Keep on fighting because together we can fight this away. Those were our babies. Those were our brothers, our sisters, our nieces, our nephews. My son tried to tell them what was going on and they didn't listen. And now how many more children is it gonna take for New Mexico and the United States of America to wake up? Thank you again. This episode was really hard because it's been one year and seven months today that I got the call that my son was dead. Thank you for sharing this memory and this time with me and for all of your support. God bless you. My mind breaks, takes a little break as I frustrate, think a little rage. I might break something, but I can't think of anything. So I gotta get a job just to get fired. And I know that my mama is getting tired of me always being in trouble. I'm in my bitch. What the hell? I don't wanna wake up. Another fucking kid in depression. I hate ya. But I love you, I just need a bit of motivation. I hate ya. I just need to get back in the meditation. I'm popular. Why do you hate me? Cause I'm popular. I'm not popular, but you charging up. But you open up, but you open up. But you open up, but you open up. I don't give a fuck about you and your little bitch. Suck my dick. Put it back on my crib for some dope. Yes, you better choke. Sucking on my dick, cause she is a hoe. Don't give a fuck. Yes, I got a new flow. Yes, I got a new mic. And I pop out of all let's go. And this is how I get to hear the word mama every day. Thank you, son. And thank you, everyone who has listened and heard his story and who advocates to help our youth and our world from this poison. <laughs>